Because your office administers and oversees our port facilities, yes? Perhaps you can tell me what I need to know. How vital to American commerce is the port of New Orleans? The secretary nodded, clearly excited to be included. It's one of our top priorities. Our only deep-water port with access to six railways, the highway system, cargo planes... Half of all our food travels through that port every year. I imagine that closing the port is going to cost us a great deal of money, even in the short term, Hollingshead pointed out. The secretary nodded and grinned. Then he seemed to realize this wasn't a time for showing off, and his face fell into a more serious cast. It'll cost a fortune just to reroute all the ships that we're supposed to offload there in the next month, and the public is going to feel that cost. We're talking about a rise in food prices, maybe as much as 10%, and all kinds of goods go through that port, everything from luxury cars to medical equipment. All of that's going to get more expensive, and Hollingshead lifted one hand to cut the man off. That's a serious return on investment. One predator drone, in exchange for a massive disruption of American commerce— Mr. Norton, I'd like to suggest that this is far too subtle for any ham-handed terrorist to be responsible. I'd venture this was the act of a power that wished to hurt us economically. I will go so far as to claim this was an act of soft war. That got people murmuring, though many of the whispered comments were just people asking what soft war was. Chapel knew the answer. Soft war, or anti-infrastructure warfare, was going after an enemy's supply routes rather than attacking their soldiers. You blew up their roads or cut their power grid, making it impossible for them to carry out an effective military strategy. The CIA director jumped to his feet. Of course you would suggest this, he said, his face bright red. Your military intelligence— You want this to be the opening shot in some big theater conflict. You want— Hollingshead cut him off, simply by standing up straight and setting his mouth in a hard line. The genial professor act was gone. Suddenly he looked more like an Old Testament prophet. The last thing any soldier wants is another war. But when one comes along, he does not shirk his duty. Mr. Norton— If this was the work of Iran or North Korea, or, God forbid, China, you're jumping to conclusions, one of the civilian directors shouted. You have no evidence, the CIA director insisted. Hollingshead said nothing. He just looked at Norton, waiting for a reply. For a while, as directors and generals bickered back and forth across the room, the SecDef simply folded his hands in front of him, almost as if he were praying. Then he drew in a very long breath. Give me a plan, he said. Hollingshead didn't hesitate. I have two operatives with me right now. I can get them to work immediately, investigating who did this. Give them twenty-four hours to dig. By all means, let our analyst friends look into the terrorism angle. If someone claims responsibility, or we hear any chatter— Then, well, problem solved. If I'm right, however, we need to act decisively, right from the start. 
Okay, Norton said. Do it. Whatever you need. Fort Belvoir, Virginia, March 21st, 1009. Hollingshead moved through the room, putting a hand on a shoulder here, whispering a word in an ear there, marshalling what support he could. Then he headed back out into the hallway, nodding for Wilkes and Chapel to follow. Once the door was closed behind them, he looked at his two men and then let out a long, chuckling sigh. We have our work cut out for us, boys. Yes, sir, Chapel said. The three of them headed toward the exit. Along the way, Wilkes said, Sir, you think it's true? You think this is the start of a war? Not for a moment, Hollingshead confided. He stopped and glanced around, looking to see if anyone else was listening.